You're listening to teaching from Castle Hills Christian Church in San Antonio, Texas. More information about Castle Hills Christian Church is available at chccsa.com. Right now, many of us are just thinking about surviving, trying to get by, living one day at a time. We are tired, worn out, and stuck. But what if God called us to more? What if God wants us to thrive in the midst of the chaos? Jesus said, remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. Are you tired of just surviving? Tired of going through the motions? Are you ready to grow like never before? It's time to thrive. Have you ever noticed how many people hate their jobs or they dread going to their jobs or they have a poor attitude when it comes to their job? Anna Robotin wrote an article called Why So Many Americans Hate Their Jobs. And in this article, it says, of the country's approximately 100 million full-time employees, 51% aren't engaged at work, meaning they feel no real connection to their jobs. Thus, they tend to do the bare minimum. Another 16% are actively disengaged. They resent their jobs. They tend to gripe to, to coworkers, and it really brings down office morale. This article goes on to say that the reason most people who are not happy at their jobs is because of their boss, that many bosses are not equipped to manage people. And this may be true, but I wonder what responsibility we have when it comes to our job. Pastor Derwin Gray says that if you're a follower of Jesus and you're in the 51% not engaged at work and doing the bare minimum and not actively engaged, How do you think this affects your soul and your ability to develop skills to be successful at your job? How does it limit your ability to reach people at your job with the gospel? Think about this for a second. Uh, how How we do our jobs has a kingdom impact. How we do our jobs has a kingdom impact. Your job is not just about collecting a paycheck. It's bigger than that. Colossians 3.23 says, Work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than people. Whatever your job is, maybe you go into an office, maybe you're you're a teacher, maybe uh, you're a janitor, whatever your job is, maybe your job is uh, being a student right now, or maybe your job you're, you're investing into your children, or maybe you're a grandparent and right now you're just being, your job is to be the best grandparent that you possibly can be. Whatever your job is, you are to do it as you're working for the Lord. It's not about a paycheck. It's not about pleasing other people, but it's about pleasing God. And we're supposed to work with all of our hearts to please God as we work. We've been in a series called Thrive. And today we're talking about how to thrive in your work. And I just want to give you one key. There's several keys that can probably help you thrive in your work, but I I want you to kind of think about this one key, and I think it flows from Colossians uh, 3.23. 
If you want to thrive in your work, it starts with your attitude. In your sermon notes, I've provided a little attitude quiz, and, and this might be helpful for you, and I would encourage you to take some time to discuss it with someone. Attitude is simply one of those things that we don't think a whole lot about, but I think that we should spend a lot more time thinking and, and talking about it. Your attitude pretty much governs everything about you. You go to work one day with a lousy attitude, and guess what? Chances are you're going to have a lousy day. If you go to work with a great attitude, chances are you're going to have a great day. It makes sense for us to pay attention to and adjust our attitudes. It's been said a bad attitude is like a flat tire. If you don't change it, you'll never go anywhere. Billy Cox said the two things in life that you're in total control over are your attitude and your effort. And so we have a choice when it comes to our attitude. Writing from a prison cell in Rome, the Apostle Paul wrote the attitude of, of a Christian, uh, wrote about an, the attitude that a Christian should have. Philippians 1.27 says, Whatever happens, conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. And then whether I come to see you or only hear about you uh, in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit, striving together uh, as, as one for the faith of gospel, for the faith of the gospel. The whatever happens is, is a reference to, uh, to whether Paul can come to visit the Philippians or not. No matter what happens, there might be disruptions, there might be frustrations, there might be difficulties. No matter what happens, we are to respond, and Paul was encouraging everyone to respond with a Christ-like attitude. Later on in Philippians 2.5, he says, your attitude should be the same as Jesus Christ. That's pretty challenging when we think about it, because there's days that it's hard for me to have a good attitude. I get frustrated, or I, certain things uh, aggravate me. And I'm not sure that my attitude always reflects Christ, but Paul right here challenges us to have that type of attitude. He's talking about having humility and selflessness in our relationships. He encourages us in Ephesians 5.1 to be imitators of Christ as dearly beloved children. That we are to reflect Christ in everything we do, especially in our jobs. That we should model Christ in our behavior. Now, some of you are saying, you don't understand my situation. The people I work with are terrible. My boss is unreasonable. My, my job, the things I have to do, it, it, it's just, uh, it's consuming. It, it's hard for me to do. And, and you're expecting me to have a good attitude. And, and what I say to you is, God might be closing this season of your life. He might be saying, hey, it's time to look for a new job that you can find some more happiness in. But he also might be saying, he might be asking you to pray for your coworkers. He might be asking you to pray for your boss. He might be asking you to, be, to bloom where you're planted at. He, he, he may say, he may be encouraging you that why you fast this week, because that's the spiritual discipline that we've been encouraging this past month, is one time during lunch, to, to fast and we want you to pray and we want you to, to really be connected to Christ because we think that's one of the keys to thriving. Maybe during your fasting time, you could be praying for your coworkers and you could be praying for your boss and praying as you uh, talk to customers. 
Maybe God's asking you if you're a, thermos, or a, a thermometer or a thermostat. A thermometer reflects the temperature in the environment adjusting to the room. A thermostat initiates action to change the temperature in the environment. Now, you might be asking, well, how do I become more like a thermostat than a thermometer? Because I think it's really tempting for a lot of us uh, that if we're in a bad environment for us to have a poor attitude. But how do we become more like a thermostat? How do we have a better attitude? And maybe some of you are thinking right now, well, Ronnie, I mean, what do you know about thriving in a job? I mean, you get to work with Richard Hamilton and Jesus Castillo, and you get to work with Celeste and, and, and a bunch of wonderful people. You, you don't understand my job. You don't understand what I'm going through. And so I thought it would be helpful for me to bring in a guest. Uh, Seth Asbury is one of our elders and he works in a very stressful job. And he's going to share with us some tips on how to thrive in your job. And if you listen closely, I think you'll hear some of those same tips that leads you back to having an attitude of Christ that will help you become more of a thermostat. Hey CHCC, I'm here with Seth Asbury. He's one of our elders. I think you've been an elder for about four years. and. Uh, Seth, I like to say that he's one of our best dressed elders and especially his shoe game. If you ever see Seth, chances are you're going to see some nice shoes. And so I know that he has quite the collection. You'll have to ask him about it sometime. But he's also married to a beautiful a young woman, Brooke. And you guys have two boys, uh, ages or grades. Uh, Evan is a fourth grader and Keegan is a preschooler. And I love his boys, especially Keegan. He cracks me up. I kind of feel like he's just kind of a storm that just kind of moves in and just kind of takes over. And he just kind of, uh, his smile and his laughter uh, just uh, tugs at my heart. Uh, Seth, you also work uh, at Trinity University. That's right, I work at Trinity University. It's a small school just north of downtown. Uh, and I'm the Associate Director of Athletics. Uh, we compete in the NCAA Division Three level. Um, we have 18 varsity sports. We're 500 athletes. Uh, and we're going to play all 18 this spring semester as <laughs> COVID-19 has restricted us to only practices this fall semester. So it should be a fun, wow. fun semester. And so basically, you're at every event. You have to be around your coaches, athletes, facilities, you name it. And so what we're talking today, we're talking about how to thrive in our jobs. And of course, your job is very stressful at times. It's, it's difficult, whether it be things breaking down or whether it be the people portion uh, of that. Uh, we know it's difficult, but what are some keys to thriving uh, in your job? What's some things that you might be able to share with us this morning that might be able to to help us, uh, because I know there's some people out there that they have really difficult jobs and they're being pulled in a lot of different directions. Sure, a lot of prayer, a lot of prayer. Um, and I pray for guidance, wisdom, strength, uh, humility. That's a, that's a big one. Um, you know, I'm, I've always been reminded, I had a uh, minister when I was in college uh, he would always remind us, you know, as we're, before we would head out the door, uh, he would ask us, or tell us and ask us a question, 
You, know, you may be the only Bible that anyone reads today. You know, what mm. version are you? Mm. Um, it, you know, that always struck a chord. And now, you know, when I listen, I speak to him every once in a while now. And, you know, uh, go out and be Jesus today. Mm. Um, and so that that's always been helpful to me. And, and as you mentioned, you know, I get to interact with a lot of different people on campus mm-hmm. um, with a lot of different needs. And so that can be challenging at times. People are challenging at times. <laughs> so, so we want to we want to pray. I mean, that's one of the key things to thriving in our jobs. Praying that God opens up opportunities. Praying for wisdom, guidance. I, I know you mentioned this also is having humility, uh, and that's really big. Of and, and kind of dig in uh, to that a little bit more. What does it mean to be humble in our jobs? Does that mean for people to step on top of you to be taken advantage of? Like. When we say that word humility and for us to have humility in our jobs, what does that mean? No, not, not necessarily to be stepped on, but recognizing the, the role that you have at your job. Um, you know, I've got another a story to share. Um, you know, right after college, I worked in a city parks and recreation facility and my boss there said, um, you know, remember that we work while other people play and you know i i work in athletics it's a lot of fun you know and some days you know we get a little we think something a major problem is a huge problem but in reality you know we're not doctors we're not performing surgery life life saving surgery every day like mm-hmm. like doctors do mm-hmm. so uh, so you have to have a little sense of humor mm-hmm. about that and then and staying humble is key in knowing that, you know, we're working, I'm working for the Lord, mm-hmm. you know, and we're all interacting with different people, mm-hmm. again, with different needs. And, um, you know, it was a, a few years ago, uh, we had a major million dollar project that we were working on at facilities and I was, you know, on the front line of that and kind of feeling pretty important about myself and you know at the same time you know there's some stresses at home with um, my mom had been diagnosed with cancer and that was really the first time I'd been affected by cancer I know everyone is affected by cancer but that was the first time for me mm-hmm. uh, and then having a newborn at the house it was just mm-hmm. a little craziness right and so and I you know, not being humble would lash out in anger sometimes at different people just because of the stress that was weighing down on, on me. And, mm-hmm. you know, I had good, fortunately I had good people surrounding me um, that said, hey, you need to settle down here a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. If you're gonna continue acting like this, you're not gonna be working here anymore. And so that was really an eye-opening experience for me. Like, oh wait, am I, really acting this way I mean that's that's not right and that's not that's I'm not exhibiting Christ-like behavior Mm. Um, and so from that moment forward it's again every day is a gift uh, and every day is try to we try to have fun each day and and remember I'm not the most important person here Um, I'm here to serve and and help so having that same attitude of Christ, uh, not thinking that we're the most important, that the world revolves around us, 
I think that's that's a key when we're working in our jobs is realizing one that we reflect Christ and and the way that we reflect Christ is having that servant's attitude uh, in a culture that's pretty difficult because it says promote yourself and toot your own horn and walk over everyone. Uh, but the Bible actually caused us to do something opposite, and that's to uh, to serve. I mean, to pick up the towel and basin, what just like what Jesus did by washing the disciples' feet. I, I, I something else that you mentioned that really stuck out to me is actually kind of walking away from the situation and realize, okay, is it as bad as what I really think it is? I mean, and sometimes I think we get worked up and, and we make things into mountains that are really molehills. Uh, and a lot of times they're just first world uh, problems. And we have all of this anxiety and we, may, we put all this stress on us. Uh, but if we just simply walk away and kind of take a deep breath, go into silence, that can be really helpful. I mean, it can really put things in perspective. And then another thing that, that you said that I think is really, really important is we need people around us that when we're getting too high and mighty, when we're maybe lashing out because we're stressed out or we have all of these things going on, we need people in our life that can speak to us, that can speak to our hearts and say, hey, Seth, I mean, this isn't normally how you act. What's going on? Let's, let's talk about it. And so I would encourage you to find some people in your life that can speak in, into it that can just kind of tell you how it is and, and that they love you enough and they care, care about you enough to do that. And so uh, just some of the keys, just to kind of recap. One, we want to pray. So important. Uh, two, we want, to have the, uh, we want to have a humble heart. Uh, we want to have that humility. Uh, three, we want to put some people in our life that can speak to it, that can hold us accountable, that can encourage us, that can pray for us. And then also the last one that I would say is again, step away uh, when you're stressed out and, and in the midst of the chaos and, and just look at it from, from maybe a different view. Uh, take a deep breath, pray, get away from the situation. Uh, I thank you for joining us. I thank Seth for uh, uh, drop, dropping some nuggets of wisdom on us. Uh, again, Seth is there uh, for you. He cares about you. He's one of our shepherds of our flock.